Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Amen. Saints of God, hallelujah. If you haven't picked it up, if your spiritual antenna wasn't awake, it's awake now. Hallelujah. But God has given me a word this morning to share with the brethren. The title of my message this morning is Be Thou restored. Turn to your neighbor say, be thou restored. Hallelujah. We're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. Philippians 3 beginning at verse number 12 and the word of the Lord says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, But I press on, turn to your neighbor and say, press on, on. that I may lay hold of of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, turn to your neighbor and say, "One one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Hallelujah. I press toward the goal. Turn your neighbor and say, I press toward the goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. Paul here, the apostle Paul is writing a message to the church in the Philippians, hallelujah, Philippian church. And here he's expressing an intense desire to strive for spiritual perfection, for spiritual maturity through Christ Jesus. And he's making an acknowledgement that he has not arrived there yet. He is saying, I don't know all things yet. I'm not a know-it-all. I haven't attained all all things but he doesn't let that stop him he presses onward he presses forward so that he would lay hold of maturity in Christ Jesus in other words he's being resolute in his decision to be restored completely and wholly by the power of God amen so I want to go through a couple of quick points five quick points about learning all we can learn from Paul here uh, uh, by pressing onward to reach our goal of spiritual maturity. Number one, the first thing we could do is set our mind on a goal. In this passage we read, Paul is saying, I press on towards spiritual maturity. There is no other plan for the believer. How many are pressing forward to mature in Christ Jesus? We talked last week about the the Francis Chan video, right? When he came up with a baby bottle and he's sucking on a baby bottle and and he's going, oh yeah, let's turn to uh, Hebrews 5 and 
and he's sucking on a baby bottle. And, and after a while, he says, this looks weird, doesn't it? And the, and the whole point of that video is, you know, there are some that come to church and we feed only on what the pastor's given them and we feed through the little baby bottle and then we complain all week long, I wasn't fed enough, I'm not hearing enough, I'm not getting fed enough, but we don't feed ourselves Monday through Saturday in the presence of God. You see, Paul here is setting a goal in his own life to achieve a level of spiritual maturity. He doesn't want to remain the same. And number two, he presses onward. He presses forward onto the goal. The word in the Greek is dioko, if I pronounce it correctly. It means to pursue, to speed up earnestly, to be in hot pursuit. In other words, Paul was running the race and running to win the race. He didn't sign up to be the towel boy or the water boy. He came to win. How many of you are running to win? Hallelujah. Are you in it to win it? Praise God. Number one, we got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6, And all these things will be added unto you. So our focus must be Christ first. And everything else will fall into place. The third thing that we take away from this quick passage is he concentrated on the goal that's set before him. He said, but this one thing I do. In other words, he focused. He focused. Listen, you know, when the Bible talks about meditate on thy word day and night, it's talking about being focused on God's word, on God's plan, on his promises. I've used this example before, but a laser beam literally can cut through steel. A laser beam can cut through stuff. And what a laser beam is, all it is, is focused light. Just like the water jet from American Choppers or whatever, that, that machine. They use a jet, a water jet to cut through steel and make all those designs for the motorcycle uh, repairs and rebuilds. But what it is, is if you take anything and you focus it enough, it's concentrated power. And God wants us to focus on his word. When you're uh, reading the word of God and you're meditating on it day and night, you're focusing on the word. You're not doing this. That is not focusing on God's word. Amen? But, but we want to focus. Paul was determined not to allow anything to hinder him from reaching his goal. So that means when someone is talking about you like a dirty dog, hallelujah, you don't got time for that. Hallelujah. You're not worrying about what people think about you, what people say about you, because you're too busy, busy doing what? Hallelujah. We can move on. Hallelujah. Number four, forget about your past. Mm, hallelujah. Paul deliberately discarded his past failures, his past hurts, his past regrets, and even this, his past victories. We don't have a problem forgetting things in the past because sometimes we don't want to bring up skeletons, right? 
But for some reason, and this is rampant in the body of Christ, we go back to yesteryear. Hallelujah. When I was a believer, when I first came to Christ, Jesus did this for me. And we start talking about yesterday's testimony and yesteryear's anointing. And then you say, but what is God doing for you lately? What is God doing for you today? Hallelujah. Don't we know that we serve a progressive God, a God that is always moving forward, moving forward, a God that has your best interest in his hands, best interest in, in, in his heart. And, and we're supposed to move forward with the things of God. Uh, uh, Luke 9, 62, uh, a very uh, uh, wonderful passage of scripture says, he that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Do, you know, when you look back at your past accomplishments, guess what? You're going to get stuck in a rut. You're going to be so focused on what God did for you yesterday, you're not even going to be able to see what he's doing for you now. Sometimes God is doing things right now. And because we're so stuck in yesterday, we can't see how he's changing the life of your kid, your son, your daughter, how he's changing your work environment, how he's changing your career potential, all different types of things. Your health is changing, all different things God is doing for you, but you can't see it because you're still looking backwards. God is moving forward. Are you walking in step with him? Are you prepared to move forward with him? Number five, you got to look forward to what is in front of you. He says, I'm reaching forward to those things that are ahead. He don't have time for nonsense. The drama llama ding dong. Hallelujah. Guess what? Your pastor is allergic to drama. I have an allergy to drama. And when you start talking to me and giving me drama, I start going, <laughs> start itching. Hallelujah. Hives start popping out. And some people thrive on drama. Drama queens, as they say, right? Some people can't live without drama. And every day, girl, oh, you ain't going to believe what just happened to me. And now you got two or three people. Let, who, who, let me jump on another line. Let me call somebody. Now you got three people on a, on a, what is a conference call, and everybody's talking about drama. When are we going to start talking about solutions? Hallelujah. When are we going to start saying, what does the word of God have to say about this one? Hallelujah. I tell you, if you invite me to your drama party, I'm blowing it up. Hallelujah. I'm telling you now. Sometimes we got to walk away from foolish disputes. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk away. Even the word of God says, don't cast your pearls among swine. And that's what we do. We, we cast beautiful pearls. God has been speaking to me. You, girl, you know what he said? Man, you know what my, what my Lord is telling me? And we start throwing our vision and our dream and our, our, our word and, and all the stuff that God has been doing. And then you got somebody say, he ain't going to do that for you. God ain't going to do that for you. Who do you think you are? I know who you was back then. And they start, listen, we already got a devil, the accuser of the brethren. We don't need help from the brothers. Ain't that the truth? But what happened? Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe he won't do it for me. And then we start listening to the words of hell. Walk away. Don't cast your pearls among swine. Let me put it to you in another way. Let's look at these verses of scripture. Proverbs 14, 7. Listen to this one. This one's hot off the press. 
Go from the presence of a foolish man. When you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. In other words, don't argue with a fool. Don't share your testimonies to a fool that can't comprehend because the spiritual things are discerned to him. He can't understand them nor can he appreciate them because he doesn't understand them because he's not in the spirit of God. And you're trying to share something with someone and you want them to have a level of excitement, but they can't roll with you because they don't have the spirit of God in them. The Bible calls them a fool. Here's another one. Proverbs 27, 22. Though you grind a fool in mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. Proverbs 26, 3. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. I'm going to say this, hallelujah, and then you can exhale. If you continue to engage with a fool, guess who becomes a fool themselves? Turn your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you. He ain't talking about me, hallelujah. God wants to restore his people. God wants to restore you today. Our God is a re-God, a, a, a restoring God, a God of restoration. He, uh, he wants to restore you. And, and what happens is we hinder God from restoring us because of the chains of our past. We block our restoration because of our negative words. Let, let me give you an example. You, you may go to someone and say, man, God is doing such a great thing in your life. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Praise God. And then another brother says, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to work. That's not going to happen. You see, and we, we shoot down the brethren. We shoot down. You know, I remember one time I, I went to the front of the church, and I believe God healed me. And I, I asked the elders to anoint my chest. I was having a heart condition. I asked the elders to, to pray over me. They opened up my chest, and they pulled down my shirt. They anointed my chest with oil. I, I believe I was healed. I was rejoicing. And right after service, I was like, man, I know I'm healed. I'm coming back next week with paperwork to prove it. And I have people in the church say, listen, just in case you ain't healed, I know people with a pacemaker and they live a perfectly healthy life. So just in case you need a pacemaker, it's okay. I tell you by the spirit of God, I said, listen, brother, I love you. I really, you're my brother in Christ, but I utterly reject that word out of my spirit. I don't even hear it. I put it in the sea of forgetfulness. I bind it to the pit of hell from where it was unleashed. Satan, get thee behind me in Jesus' name. But I love you. You're my boy. You know, sometimes we got to block the, the, the stupidity, the negativity that we hear. And, and, you know, we, we try to be, you know, uh, uh, dignified, diplomatic. Oh, no, it's okay. I... No, I bind that back to the pit of hell. Hallelujah. I ain't receiving that word. That word, that may, may be for you, but that's not the God that I serve. I mean, when are we going to 
grow up. Hallelujah. When are we going to act right and start believing what God's word says? Am I talking to somebody here? We, we speak negative words on of our, out of our own mouth. The Bible says, you know, can blessing and cursing flow from the same fountain? Can salt water and fresh water flow together? But we do it all the time. And then we wonder why we're not being restored. We also block our restoration by doubting God. I'm not sure he can do this. I think he'll do it for pastor. I think he'll do it for brother Richie. I think he'll do it for sister Cynthia. But I don't know if he'll do it for me. I don't know if he's able. We block our restoration by entertaining the thoughts in the battlefield of our mind. Yes. Romans 1.28. And it says here, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a what? Debased mind. To do those things which are not fitting. Do you know when, when you are given over to a reprobate mind, you start to act out what you're thinking. You start to walk in the negative things that you're thinking in your head. Mental disorder is a serious problem. Stinking thinking is a serious problem, especially in the lives of believers. How many know that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and what? A sound mind. Hallelujah. A sound mind. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Look at this one. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. We talked about this on Wednesday. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And listen, it's so important that you understand this. Who resides in your temple? Is it, it's simple, right? A caveman can understand this. Who resides in the life of a believer? Who resides? Who takes up residence in your heart? It's the Holy Spirit of God himself. So when the word says you have the mind of Christ, it's in your heart. The spirit of God resides in your heart. And if you're able to listen to the words of the Lord, if your spiritual discernment is sensitive to what the spirit of God is saying, you've got the mind of Christ Jesus leading you, teaching you, directing you, instructing you, loving you, encouraging you, you know, telling you you are powerful you can do it but instead we listen to the words of negativity and we wonder why things go sour we have the mind of christ satan the accuser of the brethren one of his greatest weapons besides music because that's a whole big topic there hallelujah I think, if not, that's his greatest weapon of all, music. But one of his greatest weapons, one of them, is reminding you and me of our past 
and attacking you in your memory. He wants to remind us almost daily of how we failed God. How you're not good enough. How about this one? That you're a hypocrite. I'll give you my preacher's joke. Hallelujah for the newbies in here. I'd rather go to church with a few hypocrites than end up in hell with all the hypocrites. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. People say, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites there. Yeah, there's always room for one more. Hallelujah. We'll leave the light on for you. Hallelujah. The devil wants to remind you of how you've been hurt by other Christians. Maybe you shouldn't go to church because they're all going to hurt you. They're all, you've been hurt before? Don't go back. What, what are you What are you, crazy? Why would you go back to church when all they do is hurt your feelings? He reminds you of how you failed not only God, but you failed yourself. He tries to put you in the pit of despair. Like that movie, The Prince's Bride. Hallelujah. That's one of my favorites. The pit of despair. He'll try to create a hopeless scenario. Fear, insecurity, instability. He'll try to let you know that, that, that all things that you are planning are going to come to nothing. Saints of God, unless you start letting go of the hurts and the grudges and the attitudes and the fears, unless you lay aside your differences like we talked about last week and leave your problems at the door, unless you leave your differences at the door, leave all that stuff at the door, hallelujah, you're going to be chained to your past. Paul had to take complete control of his thought process, of his memories. Look at what it says here. In, in 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 10, 5, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you, and we talked about this on Wednesday, but, you know, there was a question brought up in our class. Well, you know, sometimes I'm praying and and, and Things start popping into my head, and, and, and I don't know how to shut it off. And, and, and even when I try to pray harder, more thoughts come, and I got to think about what I'm doing Thursday, what I got to do this week, what my kids got homework, and all these things. I get bombarded with thoughts. How do I overcome that? You know what the answer is? Right here. We just read it. Take every thought captive, but it's not just enough to think it. You got to speak it. You know, the devil can't hear your, your thoughts. The devil doesn't understand anything that's in your head. But guess what? God does. And sometimes we think, well, I'll just keep it in my mind and I'll pray in my spirit and God will hear me. Yeah, he'll hear you. But the devil can't hear you. The demons can't hear you. And when you start getting bombarded with us, say, Satan, get thee behind me. Don't you see I'm trying to worship God right now? Can't you see I'm in the presence of the living God? How dare you invade my thought process? Get thee behind me. I take every thought captive. I arrest every thought from the pit of hell. I arrest it right now. Sometimes you got to say it. You got to speak it out loud. You have to walk in your authority. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So often we get tied down with stuff and then we wonder why we're struggling. 
Paul had so many memories that literally could have imprisoned him and prevented him from writing a third of the new, or two-thirds of the New Testament. If he dwelt on his past, if he dwelt on his shortcomings, if he dwelt even on victories, it could have prevented him from walking in his authority. We know that he had numerous failures. We know he persecuted the church. We know that he was a murderer. We know that he was beaten, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, I think three or four times, left out in the ocean for a couple of days, treading water. We know he was homeless, we know he was hungry and naked, and we also know there were victories in his life. We know there was a, a, a beautiful miracles, he was supernaturally released from prison, God used him in miracles. Silver and gold have I none, but what I give, what I have, I give to thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and take your mat and walk. All of these examples, good and bad, could have trapped him in his own mind. The same way they could trap you, they could trap me if we dwell on the past. Paul didn't dwell on those things, and he never looked back. He took authority over his mind, and he wasn't chained by bitterness or resentment or by the things he had to endure in his journey with Jesus Christ. He did not glory in yesteryear. God wants you, saints of God, to draw a line in the sand. I'll put these up. He wants you to draw a line in the sand when it comes to your past. He wants you to forget the failures, forget the battles. Yes, even forget your victories. Let go of unforgiveness and past hurts and past pain and most importantly, critical attitudes. Do not be paralyzed by the memories of your past that would cause you to walk in condemnation. Don't let your past define who you are, or define your identity. Your identity is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says, behold, I make all things new. You are a new creation. Yes. Hebrews 8, 12, it says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If God doesn't hold on to our past, then why are we walking around carrying our baggage? Why are we walking around holding on to the things that were before, the behind us? Let me give you an illustration. Carol Kornacki, Kornacki I hope I pronounced it correctly, was a former Satanist witch who gave her heart to Christ. She was used by God in the word of knowledge and prophetic gifts. She was challenged one day by a man in seminary, and he asked her, listen, if you can ask God to go uh, and tell you what I did prior to my conversion, I will believe in the gifts that you operate in. She said, okay, let me pray about it for one night, and I'll get back to you tomorrow. The next day, she came back to that same guy, and she said, God told me exactly what to tell you. And he said, okay, let's have it. She replied, God said to tell you, I forgot. <laughs> you see, when you come to Christ, he forgets your sin. 
he, he removes them and throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. And what we do, sometimes we carry them and we carry this baggage. If you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, right? He carried all the weights, all the baggages of the world. And until he let them go, he was literally in bondage. God doesn't want you to walk in bondage. How many know that you are a diamond? Hallelujah. And even if you're dirty, hallelujah, you're still a diamond, hallelujah. There is still value. The diamond just needs to be polished. It needs to be cleaned, hallelujah. I have another illustration. The Reverend Billy Graham, we all know him. He was a mighty man of God. But, but someone asked him, if Christianity is valid, why is there so much evil in the world? And I love his response. He said, if there's so much soap in the world, why are there so many dirty people still around? <laughs> Christianity is like soap. It must be personally applied if it's going to make a difference in your life. Hallelujah. If you want to be clean, shower up. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you'll be funky. Hallelujah. But spiritually, it's the same thing. We need to apply the blood of Jesus and wash away our sin. Our will, saints of God, is one of the keys to restoration. Our will, yes, even our stubborn will. We need to surrender our will over to God, to the Lordship of Christ. Jesus himself submitted his will to his Father. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. God is equipping you and me in these end time days to be strong and mature, to be spiritual warriors, to exercise the full power of God given to you by the Holy Spirit, most importantly, to overcome your own will, to defeat Satan and demonic strongholds and entities in your life, to take back authority and dominion that is yours through the blood of Christ Jesus. Many Christians are waiting on God to take away their stuff, take away their habits, their strongholds, to set them free from physical ailments and financial problems and family issues and different things. And they don't realize that Satan is playing games with their will. They're listening to his lies. They're, they're, they're giving up and they admit and confess, man, I don't think I'll ever get over this. When God says in Luke 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Turn your neighbor and say, all the power. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. God is giving you the power and authority through his son, Jesus, to have control, not only over your will, but over the enemy and all the demonic strongholds. Our will is a very powerful force that God gives us, which will determine the course of our lives. Saints of God, you alone are responsible for your actions. You alone have power over your own will through the Spirit of God. You alone have the right to choose your own destiny, your own path. You alone have the power of life and death 
victory or defeat. And that power is right there in your tongue. Depending on what you choose will determine your restoration level. No one can take you out of God's will but you. Let me talk a little bit about faith. Faith is a fact, but it is also an act. Faith without deeds is dead. Faith isn't faith until you put it into action. Faith without action is like a lifeless corp, corpse whose spirit has left the body. James 2.26, listen to this. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Saints of God, we need to exercise our authority. Faith is like a muscle. It's an action word. It is a word of movement. It is not a noun. It is a verb. And it's to be put into motion. What, whatever you don't work out, right? A body in motion stays in motion. If you're not working out, if you're not using what God has given you, you become frail, uh, 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 old, decrepit, and you can't even, you can't even do anything anymore. I hear the Lord saying, get back in the gym. Hallelujah. You're talking to me right now. I got you. I, I hear you, Lord. Hallelujah. I hear Richie going, hurt, 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 barking at me. Hallelujah. Get back in the gym. But you know, the word of God says, uh, exercise profits little. Hallelujah. That's a true word. Hallelujah. No, I'm kidding. God. <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't going that way. Hallelujah. That's a message for another day. Hallelujah. Restoration, saints of God. Let me see if I can pronounce this word in the Greek. It's apokatastasis. I won't say it again. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you want to hear that again, get the tape. Hallelujah. But it means to set in order, to bring back into former position, to bring into a healthy state, to produce a new. How many know that our God is in the restoration business. He wants to restore your life. He wants to restore your vision, your testimony, your, your, your witness, your family, your home, your career. God wants to fix you. Listen to this. There's a guy named Billy Taylor. He's a junkyard specialist. Billy goes to junkyards to find stuff that people throw away. Trash to them that was considered worthless. Billy pick, would pick it up, people's junk, and bring it back to his garage and turn it into highly profitable contemporary art pieces. Some of his work has sold for upwards of $5,000 per piece. Billy turns other people's junk into masterpieces. When Billy Taylor looks at the junk, he sees more than meets the eye. He sees a masterpiece in the making. We may have been worthless before meeting Jesus, but once we met him, even if we were in the junkyard of life, he was able to pick you up and turn you into his masterpiece. Because of his grace, you are now part of God's grand design 
for life, grand design for the gospel to be sent forth into the world. And that's what restoration means, that you become part of God's plan. You, you come into partnership with the Lord God, the, the God of new life and second chances, the God that his grace is sufficient for you. God wants to elevate you to a new level, a new place in him. God wants to restore everything that the enemy took back for you. He wants to reposition you. He wants to give you total victory as a soldier who is pressing forward in him. It's time for us to press forward, to obtain complete restoration, to put into action all that we have learned, to have victory over our mind, our will, and our emotions Glory to God to press forward. Listen, you know, there's so many ways that we can look at restoration, but God wants me to focus today on our mind and our will and our emotions. So many people are led by feelings and not by the knowledge of God's word, not by knowing who God is in their life. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to mature. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4. 11 through 15, and he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Saints of God, God's purpose and his design for you today is to grow up in maturity in him. And I'm going to give you four quick points uh, let me read Hebrews 5. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. How sad would it be if that was the commentary of this house? That we still have a bunch of babes in here that still need the baba, the little baby bottle. Not any longer. God is growing us up today, and he's giving us four things to consider. Number one, his fourfold plan for maturity. Number one, God wants you to grow up in your spiritual strength, in spiritual stamina. And how do you do that? You fortify yourself in the word of God. Number two, God wants us to grow up in the unity of the faith. We just read in Ephesians 4.13, until we all come together in unity. Amen? That means we need to be as one. Number three, until we all grow up in the knowledge of Christ, and that is through the word of the living God. Listen to these verses of scripture. By now you should have them in your spirit. 1 John 5.13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God, 
1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. It's on you. If you don't know, it's, it's not my problem. It's not anyone else's problem. It's because you have not taken the time to understand and to know God's word and what his word says about your life. Amen? It's time for us to grow up and discern sound doctrine, especially now. For the Bible says in the last days there will be many false prophets, many false Christs, even Antichrist will be among you. And, and this is why so many churches are veering off in so many different directions because they are deceived by false doctrine. Listen, when you know your word and some mumbo-jumbo uh, stuff is being taught or spoken from the pulpit, you'll know, oh, Charlie, something is wrong here. Hallelujah. We need to have a meeting up in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I ain't going to allow my kids to feed off of that nonsense. I ain't going to allow my family to feed off of some false doctrine. Now, I don't know where you're getting your information from, but that ain't the word of God. Hallelujah. You see, when you know, hallelujah, then you're able to discern and you're able to protect yourself from the cares of this world and from false doctrine. But that comes with maturity. Restoration, saints of God is not always automatic because Satan will resist you every single step of the way. He never wants you to grow up. He wants you to be a Toys R Us kid. He wants you to be a Peter Pan all your life long. I don't want to grow up. In this church, we're going to grow up. Hallelujah. He wants you to be overwhelmed by the things that you see. He wants you to be a victim of circumstance. But God says, I want you to face the enemy fearlessly, victoriously. I want you to overcome because through me, you can do all things. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to stop making excuses. He wants you to press on, to stop settling for less than what God has given you, the ultimate purpose of your life. Hallelujah. Look at what the word says in Deuteronomy 7, 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. To the Lord God, he has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. Guess what? We are God's spiritual Israel. Yes. Gentiles whose hearts have been circumcised and washed by the blood of Jesus. God sets us apart through his restoration power so we can become bold witnesses for him in this world. He has set us apart by his blood. Titus 3, 4, 7. Listen. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, what? Through the washing of regeneration and by renewing of the Holy Spirit. He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by what? His grace, that we should become heirs according to the hope of, of eternal life. Listen, the word here is regeneration. 
regeneration. That means you are purchased by blood. God regenerated you. He gave you a spiritual blood transfusion. Hallelujah. That makes you my brother. That makes you my sister. That makes me your brother in Christ Jesus. We are related by blood. Hallelujah. We all have the blood of the lamb that washes over us. Hallelujah. And we'll be together forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Regardless of wars and famines and financial crisis and all that, God wants the whole world to know that you belong to him. He wants you to be a credible witness. Listen. Listen to what the word says. I'm going to give you two scriptures. 1 Samuel 4. This is about the Philistines when they had the Ark of the Covenant. Listen to what happened. It says, so the Philistines were afraid for they said, God has come into this camp. And they said, woe to us for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us who will deliver us from the hand of this mighty God's. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. The Philistines were terrified of the God of Israel. Hallelujah. So you say, well, how can we apply this now, pastor? How how can we apply this concept now? Well, I got something for you. Bam. Hallelujah. The first Corinthians 14. Listen, it says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in. He is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. And let me tell you, this is the prayer that we pray every week, that when people walk through these doors, that the secrets of their heart are revealed and that they will say, truly God is in this place. Hallelujah. I can't run. I can't hide because all my laundry is just put right out there. Hallelujah. So let me keep a game face so they don't see that it's me that he's talking about right now. Hallelujah. And they'll know that God is in this place. The world knows who God's people are. Amen. The ungodly, they know who belong to Jesus. Because the minute they start talking, there's <laughs> conviction, the fear of God. Yeah. Say, listen, I got to go. Uh, I, I just realized I, I got to do homework. I, I got to bounce. Peace out. <laughs> Their spirit is, is unrattled, yeah. uh, uh, rattled, agitated. Because the demons in them are going, run, run. Before you become born again like them. Because the power is too great. I got no power over them. Run. Let me tell you, you ever start talking to somebody that you know in your family, you love, friend, family, they ain't saved, and you start talking about the Lord, they start going. They got ants in the pants and they need to dance. They want to bounce. They want to go. Skedaddle, skadoodle. Peace out, skadoosh. Right? Because the spirit of God is, is power, man. When you release that word, there ain't no demon in hell that can withstand that. 
And God said he's going to unleash his power, his spirit on all flesh in the last days. He says, and it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall have visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Why? So that we could be a witness in the world. Look at what Romans 8 says. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. When we fail to understand what legally belongs to us, what God's promises are for us, then we hand our control right over to the enemy. We forfeit our birthrights. Look at what Hosea says. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Saints of God, when you don't know, you can't grow. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, when you don't know, you can't grow. Amen? We got to get it together. Whose job is it to get into the word? Whose job is it to feed yourself week after week? Whose job is it to spend time in the presence of God? So if you're not getting fed, whose fault is it? Turn your neighbor and say, I know it. He's got me now. Hallelujah. He's got me pegged. Turn your neighbor and tell him this time is me. Hallelujah. If you're not applying yourself, if you're not reading, if you're not spending time with God, you're not going to grow. You'll live in a perpetual lifestyle of defeat. You're going to begin to act like there's nothing that can be done. It'll work with everybody else, but not you. You're going to succumb to the fact that you're having to deal with this for the rest of your life. There's nothing more frustrating, nothing more frustrating as a pastor when I'm trying to encourage a brother or sister in Christ and every single thing I say to them in line with the word of God and they keep saying, but I did it already, but I did it already, but I tried that already. I don't know what to do. It's never going to work. Give me a ambulance. The most frustrating thing in the world. There, there comes a point where you say, all right, you know what? You got it all together. What is God saying to you? Now they got to put up or shut up, right? If everything I'm saying to you ain't hitting, so what is God saying to you that I'm not... Maybe, I'm, maybe my discernment, maybe my radar is like, maybe my radar is off. What is God saying to you? Oh. Okay, well, praise God. I come into agreement with you. Hallelujah. Done. Because I ain't throwing no pearls to nobody. Don't want no, no spiritual nuggets. Hallelujah. There comes a point where you got to disconnect. Turn off the switch. Because you can tell when someone has succumbed to their environment. The Bible says, yea, though I walk, what? 
through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. That don't sound like somebody that succumbed to their pressures. But when they say, but I tried that already. Deuces. Hallelujah. I'm moving on. Not moving back. Moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. You want to come with me? Let's move forward. Hallelujah. Let's move forward in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not looking back. It's time for us to rip the mask off of Satan, to stand up and rise up, hallelujah. Men and women of God, rise up in power, rise up in authority, rise up in dominion. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. The climax of the ages has arrived. The kingdom of God is suddenly upon you, hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon. There's much work to be done. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, hallelujah. Grow up, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Run the race and run it to win. God bless you, saints of the most high God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Raise us up, oh God. Raise us up, oh God. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133 Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133 We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.